Oh, we forgot to say Corona Sorona. Corona Sorona. I haven't heard that music in a while. Okay. <clears throat> Hello. Hi. You're big. Oh, and you're white. And we are listening. No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that it turns from like a nickname into an insult when you do that. Like, you're big. Like, well, you're white. Okay. <laughs> I took some photos today and I did look so white. <laughs> I was the only person in the photos. And oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, um, um, oh wait. Maybe. Should we finish our intro? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, together we're big and white. And you're listening to the Big and White <laughs> Podcast. White can't remember. It's been so long since we recorded. A podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. In Asia on Tihar. You guys already heard one firework go. Yeah. So get excited for that yep. throughout the rest of the episode. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't remember what Tihar is from obsessively listening to all our past episodes, <laughs> <laughs> it is my favorite holiday in Nepal. Yeah, it's the Festival of Lights. Yeah, and it's so pretty. The whole city is lit up. I went up on my roof yesterday, and I just stood there and like stared happily yeah. for kind of a long time. I even saw a firework in the air. What? Yes, it was very mm-hmm. fun. I just came from a really high part of the valley, and I got to see all of the string lights hanging <gasps> from the buildings while I was coming back down. It was so Fun. pretty. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. TR, yay. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about sociolinguistics today. Mm-hmm. Pretty excited. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, we have an announcement It's a big one, people. It is. Yeah. Uh, Insert drum roll here. Well, I don't know who's inserting. (laughs) It was very anticlimactic. I didn't hear anything. (laughs) It'll be there. (laughs) There was a couple fireworks, though, actually. I know. That was probably for us in our announcement. Definitely. They knew. They knew. They knew we were going to make an announcement. So, you guys, the announcement is we're going to America soon. Yes. It feels weird. I don't even believe it myself. We'll see if we actually get there, you know? Like, we've learned to not actually trust in carrying out our plans. Yeah. But <laughs> this that, pandemic has really yeah. mixed things up for yeah. a lot of people. So <laughs> we just assume it'll mix things up for us as yeah. well. So what happened is that I have been planning to leave Nepal for a while. For how long? I don't really know. Um, but my four-year contract is up, so I am at least going back to America for a year or so. And um, big, just well, I'll just say it. She's codependent. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's the only reason she I'm leaving is Nepal. <laughs> an ankle biter. <laughs> I hang her on her. Um, no, but. Yeah, so not only are we both going to America, but we're going to America together. Yeah, so I've been kind of agonizing over what to do because I don't want to leave Nepal right Mm -hmm. now. Like, I live here. This is my life. But slowly, all of our friends are leaving, and 
as you, many of you have probably experienced, it's very hard to hang out with people and have community. And yeah. like one by one, as more and more people leave, I'm kind of feeling like mm, maybe this isn't the healthiest place for me right mm-hmm. now. So I decided to go with White and not just go to America at the same time, <laughs> but literally go on the same flight as her. Yeah. <laughs> follow her around like a creeper. <laughs> okay, but don't lie. You were super excited when yeah, I told I you. <laughs> I mean, I was feverish at the time. But... That's true. <laughs> <laughs> With food poisoning, mm. you can't just throw around the word fever anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But yeah, it'll actually be really nice because we'll get to travel together, yeah. which we always travel alone because yeah. we're single expats. Mm-hmm. And we'll quarantine together, and we'll drink hot chocolate together, and I'll watch White order everything on Amazon. Yes. <laughs> she has so many plans already. Um, and then I'll go get to see White's place. Yeah, we're going to take a road trip together, yeah. which is like weirdly extremely exciting in and of itself because you get to be such good friends with people that you meet, like, you know let's just say the Americans that you meet, Mm -hmm. but you've never known them in America. Yeah. So like, you're like, oh, you have a driver's license. Look (laughs) at you go. I'm so proud. You can drive a car. Yeah. We've never hung out in the US together. And like, I like calling it hanging out in the wrong place. (laughs) Like, (laughs) When I lived in Oregon, I had a friend who also grew up quite near where I grew up. And once we hung out there, in Good. the place where I grew up near LA and it was like so weird and amazing <laughs> and that's what we're gonna do yeah and I've never been to Arkansas yeah we're gonna have a blast we are and then I'm gonna force you to come to the west coast yeah I know it's gonna be torturous for you I got big plans yeah no one wants to go to California I know it's the worst worst every ugly there's like no beautiful scenery Mm-mm. and everyone's mean yep and the food is terrible yeah so you're gonna yep. hate it Arkansas is where it's at. (laughs) Everybody says so. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but all of that to say, that has implications for the podcast. Yes. But do not fear yet, (laughs) our dear (laughs) listeners. Um, We're not going to leave you hanging. So we have a plan in place. Um, We will be posting... A couple more times within the month of December. So after whatever the heck today is, I have no idea. (laughs) Could be 2022 for all I know already. (laughs) Um, And then while we're in the U.S., we will still be posting. Yeah, we'll do some episodes about readjustment. Yeah. As we're actually doing it. Yeah. How crazy is that? I'm not, uh, we didn't clarify. I'm not staying in the U.S. Like, mm, yes, w- that's a good point. Like white is, I forgot your name. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just be there for like maybe five months or something, mm-hmm. but. And I will probably be there for a lot longer. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. scared, yeah. you guys. It's going to um, be great. But we wanted, yeah, we want to be really intentional about kind of giving our podcast a story arc mm. because we started it when, you know, we've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Um, For me, when we started, I had only been here for like a year and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. And now it's been four years. And so wow. like we get to follow, I'm just being really selfish that the podcast is totally about me and my experience, <laughs> but like that it can be kind of my experience from when I was new in Nepal all the way to I've 
started to feel not new anymore and transitioning back into life in America, which sounds really horrible and scary (laughs) right now to me. But we want to be able to take you guys along with us because a lot of you are expats or plan to be expats and you will experience this in the future if you haven't already. So we want to give you resources for that. Yeah. So we'll do some episodes in Nepal, a few more in the U.S., and then you can keep following us on Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Since I'm the one who does Instagram, I'm just like, hey, guys, this is about Nepal, but everything is from Arkansas. (laughs) Look at these ancient old photos. Enjoy. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for being patient with us for the last few months. Yeah. Life is hard. It is hard. And we've really loved connecting with you guys on social media. Yeah. Um, Even though we haven't been posting a lot of episodes recently, it's been really cool to still connect through like messages and all the stories that White does and stuff. So that's been really fun. Yeah. And also big thanks to our Patreon patrons. Mm-hmm. Those words were hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> our Patreon patrons who are still supporting us. You guys yeah. are amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. And you keep the podcast on the internets and on the air in the earbuds. In the air. <laughs> in the air. <laughs> in the fiber internet. You keep us awaft in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like that pretty much summarized our weeks because yep. we've been planning to go to America, even though I'm not in that headspace. I feel like you keep asking me about stuff, and my other friend was asking me too, like, "Oh, are you gonna do this, Nemus? What's your plan? Of- Can we look at dates?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> I'm like apartment searching. I know. I can't. I can't. I'm I tried there. to look at Amazon to see like if I wanted to buy something, and I was like, "No, no, I can't." Yeah, I've been on Amazon a little a bit. Lot. Yep. Just to clarify, I don't want to leave Nepal. I just know that it's coming and I hate living in that transition time of like, I know that this isn't going to last forever. So I'm just kind of ready for something. Yeah. Hence Amazon shopping. (laughs) We all have coping mechanisms. Truly. Um, Okay. Well, shall we move on to the topic of our episode? Yes, please. (gasps) Sociolinguistics. Oh, my gosh. It's so fun. We absolutely love this topic. I mean, it's kind of our jobs. (laughs) So I hope we do. But sociolinguistics is the funnest part of linguistics. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. What is sociolinguistics, White? You want to explain for our listeners? Yeah. So sociolinguistics basically is how language and society intersect As you may have guessed from the name. As you may have guessed. Um, But people might tend to think that our job or what sociolinguistics, what linguistics is, is just like languages, you know? So maybe sociolinguistics is just... grammar rules. Yeah, or just like some extension of, you know, when people are like, oh, you're a linguist, you must speak 18 languages, right? (laughs) Uh, So sociolinguistics must just be like... You're asking people how many languages they speak. <laughs> That's our whole job. <laughs> Sometimes it is. That would be Let's easy. be honest. We do ask people that. That's right. That's um, true. So I think a lot of people, when they think of language, they think of just transmitting meaning, right? Right. When you talk, you know, if I say like, Judy bounced the red ball, I just want to tell you that Judy bounced a ball and it was red and mm-hmm. now you know and done it's over. And done. 
But there's actually so much more that you communicate by the way that you say it. So whether that's like your choice of words or your intonation, or if you do like creaky voice or like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) there's all kinds of things about the way that you talk that sends a message as well. That's not just like the words that you're saying. So I like this quote from the Linguistic Society of America website. It says, we use language to send vital social messages about who we are, where we come from, and who we associate with. It's often shocking to realize how extensively we may judge a person's background, character, and intentions based simply upon the person's language, dialect, (laughs) dialect, or in some instances, even the choice of a single word. Yeah, and it's really complex and subtle, actually. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's some things that are really obvious. Like when you talk to a British person and they say lift instead of elevator, it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I know that you're not American because we don't say lift, right? right? But there's other things that are way more subtle that you are constantly picking up on when you hear people speak that Mm -hmm. you may not even be aware of. And they aren't aware of either that they're doing it. Even just like how you react to someone because they use the word lift. Yeah. Do you suddenly feel more interested in them? Do you have any other like prior suppositions that you feel slip into place because of that? Right. That's all part of sociolinguistics. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And the interesting thing, too, is it happens at all levels of language. So like I feel like pronunciation is kind of an obvious one, right? So Mm -hmm. like if you hear someone speaking the same language as you, but they're using like totally different vowels, you know? Like, if someone is from Wisconsin and their (laughs) vowels are all up here, like, you can hear that and you're like, okay, you're not from my place. And like you said, then you can make judgments about them. Or it can even be within the same, like, area, but maybe you're from a different cultural group or a different status level. Um, I mean, two examples that I do a lot are vocal fry or creaky voice, like, kind of talking like this, you know. Or upspeak also, (laughs) which, for example, in L.A., women do that more and younger people do that more. So in a way, by doing that, I'm indicating which social class I'm part of, which age group I'm part of, Mm -hmm. and other people hear that and they pick up on it, right? And potentially your attitudes towards those things. Like if you use them, then that kind of signifies that you're comfortable with being associated with that age or so social class. Right. Yeah. It's really interesting actually with especially upspeak, but I think creaky voice a little bit too, is that um, <laughs> fireworks <laughs> um, is that I used to be a lot more self-conscious about that mm. because it is kind of a thing that people judge you for, right? They're like, oh, you're not as intelligent or you aren't as serious or something like that. Mm -hmm. But actually, as I get older and as people who use those things get older and start to be in more important positions (laughs) in their companies and stuff, it becomes more normal. Mm -hmm. And so now it doesn't feel as marked. It doesn't feel like, oh, that's only something young, uneducated females do. It's now starting to become a normal way that people talk. Yeah, right. So it can change over time, too, like your perceptions of it and how you feel about using Mm -hmm. it as well. 
Um, okay, so that's like the pronunciation level, right? But then there's also the lexical level. So which words you choose to use, Yeah. right? Which it would be, again, like the lift example. Mm-hmm. That's definitely setting you apart. You're not going to be speaking standard English if you use the word lift. Standard American English. Oh, that's definitely what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Those Brits, they don't speak standard English. <laughs> oh, don't hurt me. <laughs> or within like within the U.S., um, of course, there's lots of words that I use being from the southern U.S., that big definitely does not use. Mm-hmm. And the problem and the fun of working <laughs> in an office of entirely Americans who are linguists <laughs> means that you get things pointed out to you, what you say right. all the time. Yeah, you notice the different words and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which can be fun, but you also have to be careful about how you do it, right? Yeah. You don't want to make it into like a a separation thing like oh you're different from me or you're mm-hmm. not as cool as me because you don't speak the same way that i do right okay so that's the word level and then there's also the like grammatical level so kind of your sentence structure and how you might order your words together things yeah. like that yeah that's another level at which sociolinguistics can be observed yep I thought, yeah, when I read your example, it made me think of the the English where I grew up, people would use double negative. So I ain't got no. Oh, right. I can't think of what you ain't got none of. I ain't got no shoes. I ain't got no shoes. <laughs> that means you don't have any shoes. <laughs> Even though like in standard American English, it should cancel itself out. So mm-hmm. it's like. You you do have shoes. Right. But then me hearing you say that, because I don't, I wouldn't say that in my dialect, mm-hmm. then I automatically know like, oh, you're not from my place. Yeah. Or I might think, oh, you're not very educated or right. something like that. Like, I'm going to immediately put judgment on that um, as I hear it. And then another level is just the whole language that you choose to use. Yeah. Right. I mean, a lot of Americans are monolingual, but most people worldwide are not. Mm-hmm. And so you, what language someone chooses to use in a certain situation is going to show something specific, right? Um, and actually, that is kind of a fun, I feel like the crazy thing about language choice, like whether it's that micro level of pronunciation or what word to use or whatever, or like the macro level of like, should I speak English or Nepali right now? Mm-hmm. That's pretty unconscious. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like something's going on in your brain. You're calculating all these factors of like, what am I trying to communicate? How can I best communicate it? What do I want to say by the way I communicate it? Who am I talking to? How will they perceive me based on what I do? Mm-hmm. All of those things are going on in your brain instantaneously. And then bang, the words come out. Yep. And that's amazing. And a lot of time that's unconscious. You don't even realize that you've made those decisions. You don't even think about like, oh, I did switch between those languages. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. Or like, do you ever remember something that you said and you can't remember what language you said it in? Yes. That is the weirdest feeling. Which I feel like I'm just kind of getting to that point since I grew up monolingual and now have learned Nepali late in life. So... It doesn't come maybe as naturally as, like, had I grown up bilingual or mm, yeah. 
multilingual. So mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. I love it though. It's really fun. And like, if you are monolingual and you're listening to that and you're like, how is that possible? That's weird. <laughs> you, it also happens though on and within an individual language mm-hmm. level, right? So think about like, if you're just talking to like your best friend from growing up, you're going to speak differently than if you're talking to a baby or yeah. if you're like in a job interview or giving a presentation at work, right? And you probably won't make a super conscious choice. Like you're not going to be like, okay, I am talking to a baby now. <laughs> Must change how I talk. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but you're also not going to talk in a job interview to the CEO being like, oh, look at you go. You've done so good. Uh, <laughs> Did that feel wrong? Okay, you made a decision there. <laughs> I'm going to do that tomorrow at work. <laughs> oh, Moon, can we schedule a meeting? Oh, yes, we can. How about 9.30? Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. Um, one example that I absolutely love is once uh, I have these friends that are Scandinavian. They're a married couple. And I was walking with the wife, and she and I were speaking English together, obviously, because I don't speak Swedish. <laughs> we were meeting up with her husband, and she was talking to me, and then she turned and she saw him, and that, like, triggered something weird in her brain. And then she went to talk to me again, and she is Swedish. <laughs> it's like, ah! <laughs> her brain just was like, okay, now we're in this context. Yeah. Now he is Swedish. Yeah. It's really funny. I feel like sometimes I've never I don't think I've ever accidentally spoken Nepali to people, but like sometimes we kind of have that. Like if you're out and you're speaking in Nepali and then you have to turn and you have to speak in English to somebody again or and so that feels wrong. But then you speak Nepali to like if I spoke Nepali to you on field work, that also feels wrong. Right. So it's just like, don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a moment for you. The consequences <laughs> I can't switch between my my identities this quickly, okay? <laughs> um this also so it's not just like whether you're choosing to talk baby talk to <laughs> your boss or not um you can also switch between just straight dialects so let's say that you in your house grew up speaking really crazy sounding southern english mm-hmm. and then you got a whole bunch of education And now you live somewhere like New York and you don't want to be marked as being, you know, from this part of the U.S. So when you're going, when you go and visit your parents, you still speak in that same Southern English Mm -hmm. variety. Um, And then when you're at work in Manhattan, then you're going to speak a standard English that people maybe would be like, I don't know. Are you from like Ohio? Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Um, In that case, you would be bi-dialectical. By dialectal. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so you could be, yeah, so it's kind of like being bilingual, but. That is true. You're switching right. between versions of their same language. Yeah. There's actually a linguist who did research on this. Her PhD is about switching between like African-American English and mm-hmm. standard English. And um, if you guys are interested, she is on the Ologies podcast. Her name is Nicole Holiday. She has a really good episode on there. Um, But she 
talked about, like she studied the Obamas and how they switch their English mm. and how they do like, you know, standard kind of like high educated English, obviously in like presidential context, yeah. whatever. But then when especially Barack would go and, you know, like meet with kind of like normal people, the voters, whatever, he would often switch to a more like african-american english style of speaking and mm -hmm. do things and then she studies like exactly the changes you know like dropping the g's off of the end of words that end with ing or like things like that yeah just super interesting yeah so That'd there's be fun there's people who's like that's their job they just like listen and like find the really specific differences yes, in these uh... but yeah there's actually um this theory in sociolinguistics about why people choose different languages or different dialects or whatever, like what is going on in your brain when you're making those choices. And it's basically all about social motivations. And the theory is there's kind of two directions that you can go. Mm -hmm. It's like either you're choosing status. So you're trying to show that you're educated, that you're intelligent, that you, yeah, are high status in whatever way, or you're choosing solidarity. Yeah. So like in your example with the person from the South, when they're hanging out with their family, they're showing, look, I'm part of you. I'm part of this community. So I'm speaking like the Southern dialect that mm -hmm. I grew up with. And when they're in New York, then they're saying, oh, I'm, you know, educated and trying to show that. It kind of, he breaks it down into more different pieces of like the categories, you know, like, is it a religious motivation or like a educational or a job or whatever? Um, but you see that a lot worldwide. In, for example, if someone grows up speaking like a smaller language in Nepal and then they learn Nepali and they start using Nepali more, mm -hmm. they're choosing that status direction, right. right? They're showing, oh, I'm educated. I went to school in Nepali or they might choose English as well for the mm -hmm. same motivation. And then if they're choosing to speak their heritage language or the smaller language they grew up speaking, then that's the solidarity motivation. Yeah. So it doesn't always go in one direction. There's like different reasons that you might want to speak different languages or different ways at different times. And it's basically all about identity. Like, yeah. who are you projecting that you are? Yeah. You're saying, you know, I'm this kind of person by the way that you talk. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. And it really extends so far too. like, even if you're learning a second language, like, like people, if we, let's say, you know, like we've learned Nepali, mm -hmm. it was a choice at some point for us to decide, are we going to make an effort to have really good um, pronunciation of mm. things? Are we trying to sound like we are Nepali or should I keep my distance and they should still be able to tell that I'm American right. when they hear me? Yeah. Because people make that choice. That is so true. You're right. I never thought of it that yeah. way. There's actually a theory that's called linguistic affiliation mm -hmm. and they've done studies on this and you actually talk more like the people that you like. So if you're in a situation with someone that you like, you start to imitate their accent, <laughs> <laughs> which is, I do this so much. <laughs> like when I was a kid, whenever I talked to someone on the phone, my mom could tell who I was talking to based on how I was talking. <laughs> just like Elise was oh that Elise gosh. on the phone but I also once I learned about this theory I realized that I do the opposite as well mm -hmm. so if I'm hanging out with someone that I don't like very much and I kind of want to like show my distance from them 
I'll start to get deeper into my original LA accent <laughs> if they're not from LA. Yeah. Right? Which is like so funny. I never thought that I was doing right. that. And then I started paying attention. And I'm like, you know, having this conversation with someone that I think is annoying. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I want to be like super unique. <laughs> I'm like, well, no one else is from Arkansas. You're not even ever going to meet anybody from else from Arkansas. So I should just like totally just slip into it. Yeah. Just prove to y'all how different I am. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> you do. I don't know where you get that from. I don't, I actually was trying to say you all. I wasn't trying to say y'all. It was so <laughs> Californian it turned into Southern. <laughs> y'all. So it circled back on itself. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so we've talked about this on the podcast before, but this is like one of my favorite things yep. in language yep. and sociolinguistics specifically, and that is code switching. Oh. Oh. The jewel of our eye. It is the jewel of our eye. That's not. A, <laughs> that's not a saying. <laughs> it's I knew the it apple meant. of our eyes. And you're a native speaker, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so code switching means mixing languages together in a systematic way, right? And this is different from borrowing. So, like in English, we borrow words a lot. Mm -hmm. We're just like, "Hi, we don't have a word for this." Oh, Japanese does. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you tsunami um <laughs> but code switching is actually like you're pretty fluent in two languages and then you just like mix them all up yeah and nepalis do it a lot actually it's becoming really really common among like middle class and upper class nepalis mm -hmm. and sociolinguistics it shows something about who they are right it's not just like oh i don't know it's easier to say this word in english or whatever like the way that you mix things together actually is sending a message to the people that you're talking to. Yeah. Should we give an example? Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> so just for background, he this guy is born and raised in Kathmandu. He is a gym trainer. He's about to go to the gym and lift with the bros. This is his introduction. He's doing a vlog on YouTube. Today, uh, I'm going to... <laughs> Cage because I have it's end of a mezzo, so last workout with Yoko and Mao. End of a mezzo, and uh, going to train with the boys. So, more day unsa, funso kunsa, pati life change laga. More day unsa, funso kunsa, aditya unsa, and they're all my clients. All of them are very good friends, and as a winner, so I'm training on Nagoya too. I got mero plates of my own because Jimma waits the ta, but the patlo wala che. Uh, normal man that they use garden and like regular folks. So today mo cardi mahalera land last aligati and aligati tensa. So yeah, it's gonna be a heavy ass workout. So let's get started. <laughs> so good. I so, wonder if we should also show like the difference, like when he's actually speaking to them. Yeah, because he does do it a little differently than when yeah. he's speaking to the camera. Because it's one thing, right? Like most of his audience would be Nepali, but he's still like speaking mostly English because it's an international aimed video. Mm -hmm. Let's see. All right, so finally workout start going to be like, football, 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 
So you got to pay the piper yeah, before you, gotta you learn can do that. You're Nepali and then yeah. you can mix. I was at the gym though the other day and I was talking to one of the trainers and he didn't know that I could speak Nepali. He was like, what? Speak Nepali with me. <laughs> so then I was like kind of testing out my code switching and I was like switching back and forth between English and Nepali and it felt so good. Yes. And I was probably doing it all wrong because I don't know the rules. Yeah. But it was really fun. I wonder if they could tell you absolutely not no you know like <laughs> but i feel like surely there's some nepali linguist out there that could have a conversation with us about it that's true yeah i think just like a normal person though is it you're not because you're not really aware of your language right. choices right like yeah. i mean you aren't really aware of language rules either like you think about we learn them in school like you know, learn how to speak english first mm -hmm. and then like seven years later in school you learn right kind of like grammar rules yeah. quote unquote right so i think they probably aren't super aware yeah. you might have noticed like the so even if you don't speak nepali you could probably understand most of what he said at the beginning of the video mm -hmm. so he was sp speaking mostly english but then it's not that he's using like like you said it's not borrowing he's mm -hmm. not like switching out the words that nepali doesn't really have a direct word for he would say things like Mero training plan, like my training plan. Right. He would only use Nepali saying my. Right. Or like half a sentence in English and then half in Nepali yeah. and then back to English. Last day co training plan. Yeah. Hazo. You know, <laughs> yeah. something like that. Yeah, exactly. Which is so fun. We love it. And we'll put the link to that video in the show notes yeah. if you want to watch the whole thing. It's very fun. He also spoke Nepali more when his friend was speaking Nepali. Right, yeah. Linguistic so, affiliation, yeah. baby. And this other guy speaks fluent English as well. Right. Yeah. So he's making a conscious choice using more Nepali. He code switched some into English, but mostly he was using Nepali. So then Tyson also was using mostly Nepali. Right. Yeah. So interesting. We're like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. I'm just happy. Let's just smile at each other for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> and smile break. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So we we're talking about how they probably don't know that they're switching back and forth between languages. Right. And I feel like this is just generally so true is that we're the worst yep. reporters of our own language use. Us specifically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, when I say we, I mean all humans, but yeah. us also. <laughs> yeah, like linguists like 40, 50 years ago did this all the time. They would always self-report. They would write books about this crap. They're yeah. like, all white women say this. And it's like, no, they don't. It's just you. <laughs> well, no, but it's not even that. It's like... Oh, I say this, but actually they don't, or yeah. vice versa? Right. Like, my linguistics professor in college, he tells a story. And I mean, like, he's super highly educated, got his PhD from Berkeley, right? Mm -hmm. And he is born and raised in California, 
And um, he heard about when he was in his PhD, he heard about this vowel shift, like basically <laughs> like the vowels in uh, Californian English were changing. And he was like, that's not true. I don't do that. And he recorded himself for a whole day and he did it every single time. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. But actually, that's super relevant to us because we have done the exact same mm-hmm. thing because we have a podcast. Yeah. We record <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, my favorite was I, <laughs> I mean, I'm the one who usually edits, so I hear it more. I was making fun of White because she says er, like, when she's thinking instead of um, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it was, like, very weird to me. I was like, are you trying to be British? Because sometimes she says British things because she watches so much British And YouTube. I'm Southern. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, but I was making fun of her so much. I was like, I don't do that. Like, why do you do that? That's weird. And then, like, 20 minutes later, I was editing the podcast. <laughs> I found an example of myself doing it. <laughs> Hey everyone, Editing White here, just popping in to ask you guys if you had noticed when earlier in the episode, Big actually used the term er. Okay, just saying. All right, now back to the episode. (laughs) But I only do it in certain situations. It's when I'm correcting myself. Mm -hmm. So if I'm like, yeah, so I was driving or I was riding my motorcycle and so like, it's kind of like a weird version of or. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I thought I didn't say it. I totally say it. <laughs> don't trust yourselves. That's all we're saying. Yeah. What about, I feel like there was one that you did that you didn't realize you did that I noticed because I was editing the podcast. Um. I mean, you've made fun of me a lot for saying halfing too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Instead of voicing it. So like saying, um... So, you know, when you're having to <laughs> lock the door on your way out. And I would say, you know, when you're having to lock the door on the way out, half, halfing. Yeah. So I, would, I wouldn't say like, oh, I have three sisters. Like I wouldn't say I, I have three sisters. Yeah. It's specifically that having to, yeah. right? It's just that construction. It's actually like, it's weird because it's extra work. For you to say right. the F instead of the V, because you have to stop your vocal cords. You're like, ha-f-ing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? That? It's something with your dialect, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think we found out that some British dialects also have that. Mm-hmm. And there's like this weird thing going on with my specific Southern dialect. Not all so- Southern yeah. American sounds like that, but... Mm-hmm. We got some weird little like remainder things happening. You're just really clinging on to your British English from like 300 years ago. <laughs> I know. Ago. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, in conclusion, conclusion. No. That's not a real word. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to code switch in Spanish, but I forgot Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, language is so crazy and whack interesting and fun and amazing and we highly recommend listening to yourself talk yeah it can be distracting you might forget what you're saying but (laughs) try to notice yeah the different ways that you talk in different situations or even like like one of the assignments when i was in my sociolinguistics class in my undergrad was that my professor made us listen to uh 
I think all of our professors and see how many of them drop the G at the end of words. So like going to instead of like going to. Oh, interesting. Like, yeah, seeing what kind of and what you think about people who right. do that. Yeah, observe your feelings. Does when it you make hear them seem people. more educated, less educated? Yeah. What are they conveying by doing that or not doing that? So interesting. But also, along with observing other people and yourself, do it with some grace. Yeah. Would be my advice. <laughs> a little humility because we all say weird stuff. <laughs> we do. And uh, as we have just learned, you don't always know that you've done it. Right. Exactly. So it's fun. I feel like it's, we have a lot of fun like observing each other's language use on our own, but we try, we try to be kind about it. And yeah. Yeah. Just like understand that it's part of who a person is and it's super deeply connected to their identity. Yeah. So, yeah, just remember that. Don't, like, trash them yeah. for not using a G at the end of their words or right. something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just they're showing solidarity. They're comfortable with you. Yeah. <laughs> or they're distancing themselves. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. The problem might be you. That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um. Okay. Well... Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this shorter episode about a language. It was like 40% us just saying that we were going to America. <laughs> hope you enjoyed. <laughs> and also like talking about our own accents. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys, like what your experience has been maybe with like code switching in Nepali or other languages or if you know, you're severely traumatized from people making fun of your accent and how you've dealt with that personally. <laughs> We're not certified counselors. I, we can't help you. We just want to hear your pain. <laughs> or if you want to go back and like listen to all of our old episodes and tell us all the weird things that we say. Oh my gosh. I would love that. Actually, that'd be really fun. <laughs> I was going to say that'd be horrible, but uh, I take it back. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. Well, happy Tihar. Hope you enjoyed all the fireworks that went on during this episode. <laughs> and uh, you can find us on the internets. Yep. Instagram is our main one. But we got a website. We got a Facebook. We got a Patreon. And we got an email. Yeah. Give us a rating. Oh, yeah. On the old pod. Yeah. Especially on Apple Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard name to remember. Apparently, that's like the most important one for tracking reviews for some reason. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't either. Po the podcast world is mysterious. It is. It's been like years and no one I has know. figured it out. Yet. No, we're still like, yeah, just basically old radio shows. Yeah. Someone slapped on a bunch of apps yep. and left us there to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And we'll see you sometime soonish. Soonish. Yes. Very betona. Very betona. La la has 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 bye. La bye. La has bye. Bye. See you later. Bye. La has unsa. Unsa. La. What the heck are you drinking? <laughs> Why can you smell it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Bailey's and coffee.
I, I thought so. <laughs> Woo, Bailey's and coffee is a, a really strong move on a Sunday night. Yeah, you know me.